0: welcome to the severe mma podcast premium here's your host sean sheehan
1: What is up everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Severe MMA Podcast Premium and today it is our, uh, what is it, third or fourth look at the Cage Warriors Trilogy event with Cage Warriors 120, 121 and 122 coming up this Thursday, Friday and Saturday and as always I have the Cage Warriors play-by-play man Brad Wharton with me today to preview all three of those cards. Brad, how are you today?
0: I'm very well, my friend. Uh, as we just discussed off air, I had my sleep disturbed in the middle of the night by uh, an unfortunate playing of, uh, of of Slipknot on a computer that decided to reboot and restart itself without my knowledge. So, apart from that, a little bit shook up, but good to go, my yeah. friend. It
1: was an Elvis thing, man. You're shook up now. <laughs> I I, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I, it must be the time for the updates because everyone probably knows now i was given out about my update for the last couple of days, but that's absolutely hilarious. Like just uh <laughs> and it couldn't be anything better than a slipknot in the middle of the night just to wake you up something nice and refreshing isn't it to wake you up in the middle
0: oh um, absolutely um you know my uh my other half uh, how can i put this mildly is not a fan of uh, most of my music uh, spe- especially that kind um so as you can imagine i am the most popular person in this household at the oh, moment
1: i can i can
0: imagine <laughs> you're probably better
1: off in the spare room on a podcast for a couple of, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of hours <laughs> <laughs> but sure, anyway, uh, right, let's get into the car because as always, there's a pile of fights, and I'm sure we'll take our time uh, getting through it anyway. So, but the first thing, I suppose, the only negative I would have in the week is the main event for the first card. Now, it's a good fight, Jamie Richardson versus Ken Caponin, but when I got the email into my uh, my Gmail saying that this was the main event, I was a little bit surprised, you know, with all the talent on it. Could you like? Could you explain to us why why this is the main event, and why Ian Dean and, uh, and Graham Byland decided that this is the main event?
0: Um, I mean obviously I, I can't tell you what they were thinking behind it but I, I can make uh, obviously an assumption from from my point of view um obviously you know a few weeks ago um there was you know another big kind of round of changes in you know the restrictions and, and guidance and things in terms of travel around Europe um so I, I'm assuming what's happened here is because obviously we've got um you know we've got multiple title fights under the cards and I yeah. know they normally you they normally will put a title fight as the main event um, but I'm assuming there was there was just issues there with with travel. I know Ian has been, uh, you know, he had he had to rejig a lot of the card from what was originally planned back in you know December January. So I'm assuming that that's kind of what's gone on there. Um, and look, you know, they've they've got Kent in there as a new signing and, and Jamie just coming off, um, you know, a really good performance for me against Frederick last time before he got caught. So you know, potentially this is a number one contenders fight for that middleweight title and. uh Look, you know, if if the situation is that they can't have a title fight as the main event, well, you, you might as well put two lads in they're going to, you know, go hell for leather and swing bombs and it's going to be very entertaining. So I, I think it's as good as uh, a backup uh, as it could possibly be.
1: Yeah, and to think about it, like I'm being obviously very picky there. It's a, It's a very good fight. Like, I just feel like with Cage Warriors, what Cage Warriors is great at is bringing through, obviously, the young, kind of up-and-coming guys, and not, not anything against these two lads, but I would have loved to see maybe a Paul Hughes or an Ian Gary or someone else like that as, as the main event, but however, it's uh, I'm not complaining about too much. Actually, first of all, before we get into the full breakdown of all the fights, uh, there, was, there was plans to, for crowds to be here and for, for people to be in the arena. Is that still happening, or is that has that been cancelled out with new restrictions? No, no. I mean, funny. You should you
0: should say it. Cage Warriors did put um, a statement out earlier today that um, obviously, due to the ongoing guidelines in the UK, it's not legal to have fans. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there was uh, in I believe it was in January. Um, the government here issued new guidance to say that. Uh, fans will be allowed back in limited numbers limited capacities uh from i believe february mm-hmm. um th- but that again changed a few weeks ago um as the guidance continues to be updated so um you know they obviously cage warriors have plans and they were selling tickets for a limited number of fans to come in uh but it's just you know it's not legal unfortunately it's not mm-hmm. um it's not down to cage warriors i'm sure we'd all rather have fans there i know i certainly would um I'm sure the accounts probably would look. That's us be honest. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, right? You know, it's it's a live events business. You know, you got to it's, it's you know partly broadcasting and partly um, partly ticket sales. So uh, and look, you know, the entire domestic scene is on its ass at the moment. Everyone wants fans back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, by the way things are looking now, it, it looks like the UK will be opened up in time for the next planned trilogy, which is in June. So you know, fingers crossed, um, we'll be able to have you know, an even bigger proportion of fans back. If the guidance remains as it is, we'd be able to have full capacity, I believe in Gene, and that'd be fantastic. Three nights of, uh, of full capacity events.
1: Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Like, it seems th- that there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, in, in the UK and in-, in the US as well anyway, not so much in Ireland, because we we're in the fucking EU and they've destroyed us, but uh it- there seems to be a, a bit, as, as you say, like, could, could there be crowds for the next trilogy? I think there probably could. Or may, maybe limited crowds. And then maybe the one after that, they might have full crowds. And we look at the UFC have announced UFC 261 with crowds coming back. Actually, one question before we get into it again totally. Someone asked me um, about di- doing this in future. Let's say in two years' time, we're all back to normal. Full crowds, 100% and all. Do you think, like, Hedge will still do trilogy as a regular thing? Because, like, we, we talked about ticket sales there. It's, it's very hard for anyone, you know, doing any event to sell tickets. But, this, you know, I'm sure people like me and, you know, all the fans listening to this might say, fuck it, we'll make a week out of it, we'll go to three events. But for a lot of people, it's, you know, lo- uh, lots of tickets are sold locally and people are, are going for, like, one night and having a big night out. Do you think, like, when it goes back and when there's, say, maybe, I don't know, 7,000 in an arena or 5,000 in an arena, three nights in a row, that it'll be viable to do regular trilogies no I I think if they have huge cards and maybe in Liverpool with Paddy Vindler or someone like that maybe on it they'll be able to do it but do you think it'll be a regular thing when crowds come back to trilogy cards or should we enjoy them while we have them here
0: I, I think I think it's probably a case of enjoying while while they're happening. I don't I don't know I don't know what the you know the kind of business plan is with them. But you know if you listen to some of the interviews that Graham's given, you know mm. he's he's talked about. Look, it's a massive massive expense to put these things on. Yeah, uh, you know to have this bubble to to house everyone for a week to. Um, you know to fund their you know everyone gets a per diem every day to to cover their food and stuff and you know if you look at it just as an individual payment to one person it's not that much but when you've got over a hundred people yeah. for an entire week in hold hotel it adds up and everyone's transport has to be paid for everyone's hotel has to be paid for you've got three fight cards to produce and put on and pay the fighters mm-hmm. uh, It's it's a huge undertaking to get these guys out and you know i'll always be so thankful for um for graham and ian and the team uh harry and everyone else for putting the work in it and getting this done but i think you know it's been done out of necessity um you know can you imagine the risk of having to test if cage warriors did one event per month can you imagine the risk of having to test all the staff and all the mm-hmm. crew you know if be impossible if, sure. if me and dan strauss fail our test, who's going to commentate right yeah if graham boylan fails his test and he's not allowed in the hotel who's going to run the event like if all the referees fell there and so you're taking that gamble once a month whether instead of taking it once every three months so Mm -hmm. it's a big risk mitigation thing who knows like you know i mean obviously people love it like fans love it so maybe like once a year there's like a you know a big cage warriors trilogy party type thing and uh and that's how it happens um i'm sure graham will think of like some new and interesting plan like we'll probably end up doing like one in london one in paris and one in California, like three nights in a row or something
1: like <laughs> <mad> like that. <laughs> Fucking you know, live we, head of MMA. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
0: WrestleMania three, <laughs> WrestleMania wasn't it? They, they did in all the different buildings. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. So, so no, so look, I think it's a case of like, you know, let let's enjoy it. Um, while it's happening and, and who knows what the future brings. So the, the one thing that you can say about cage warriors, I'm not just saying that cause I'm on the team, you know, the one thing you can say about cage warriors is that they, do cool stuff all the time, right? Whether it's the uh, Knight of Champions or the you know the double cards or the trilogies that have happened these past three years, uh, it's there's never a dull moment, right?
1: One hundred percent, absolutely, right. Uh, let's look at this card so we, we've kind of talked about the, the main event in a second maybe we'll circle back to that but for me on obviously this is an Irish MMA podcast as well but the the biggest fight and it's the co-main event here if I'm looking at topology correctly Paul Hughes versus James Hindon. you know watching a few Hinden fights last night I think anyone looking at him knows what he's good at he's comes out and he throws what he can on, <laughs> on standing up and then he's very very good on the ground uh, as well you know we know Paul Hughes I think the big thing with Paul Hughes and I'm interested to get your take on it's coming back off that loss obviously a very, very close fight. A lot of people thought he won. A lot of people thought he didn't win. But I think anyone watching that fight with maybe an an unbiased eye looking at it says, like, Vucinic fought really well. But if Paul Hughes had done a couple of things differently, he could have won. And I think that adjustment if he makes it correctly it could rise him to the next level uh but if he doesn't it's it's going to be an issue so this is a huge fight for Hughes and you know when this was announced i was like oh, you know if he'd won his last fight he would have been fighting for a title like Vucinic is now and this is fighting kind of another prospect i was like ah oh, should he be fighting you know and I know Hinden's not a mile away from the title, but should he be fighting someone who has been around for a long time in Cage Warriors and like a kind of a known name, or even someone like Ian Gary, someone just dropping out of the UFC or something like that? So it this is a kind of a step back to the the prospects rather than the step forward to the, the title. But obviously when you lose you're gonna get that. But if he if it's viewed as that or if it's uh you know, you're brought back to that level and not saying Hinden is that level, but you know what I mean? The, the prospect kind of level it it it'll be another you know kind of setback to Paul Hughes when he was talking about going to the UFC. This is a huge fight for Hughes, isn't it? And Hinden is no easy matchup in in this uh in this one, is he? I mean,
0: look, Paul Hughes has got a set on him, right? This is this is a, a roll of the dice here. You know, James Hendon is, is no mug. He's uh, obviously doesn't have the same profile uh, as Paul Hughes, um but he's clearly an up and coming guy on on a very uh very sharp trajectory you know that Paul Hughes Vuchenic fight was on a knife edge and you know to be completely honest um and I know you love a a good judging debate as much as the next man I don't think anyone could have been massively upset if that result had gone the other way right if one judge had called it absolutely um, for for, uh for Vuchenic and two had called it for Hughes Mm -hmm. um you know three very competent judges uh you know including Mark Goddard on that on that fight and it split them um so that that's a close fight and I think, you know, obviously uh, not not wishing any bad luck to anyone, but if um, if Jordan Vucenic, uh, you know, trips and falls in the hotel this week, you wouldn't be upset at all to see Paul Hughes put in in place of him, right? It, Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I think he'd definitely be worthy of it. Um, look, you know, the cynic in me says, if I'm Paul Hughes' coach or manager or whatever, I ask for a, a fight with, you know, maybe a veteran guy or, or a guy who's maybe a rung or two down to, to, to get myself back on track and get myself, uh, you know, back on the right path. And I think it speaks volumes for Paul that he's, uh, he's agreed to this James Hendon fight because, you know, there's, um, you could say it's, it's, almost, it's not a lose-lose proposition because Hendon's obviously on the way up. But, mm-hmm. you, you know, like you say, if Paul Hughes loses here, all of a sudden that UFC trajectory seems quite far away from him. But look at it from Hendon's point of view as well. Like you know, this is this is going to be the hardest fight he's ever had by an absolute country mile. But if he can beat Paul Hughes, and if he can do it more um, more convincingly than Jordan Vucenic did, that
1: skyrockets him towards that title shot. Yeah, it's a totally interesting fight. Like as as you say, it's a lose lose for Paul Hughes. It's it it is because it's. Because it's a tougher fight than maybe, you know, it's one of the ones I was suggesting earlier on. And a kind of maybe a lower profile guy, even though Hinden has had some good wins in, in the last while. But, you know, if it was someone said, I don't know, uh, I, I don't know, no name comes to mind. But if someone was dropping out of the UFC from the lightweight division and Paul Hughes got a win over someone who used to fight in the UFC, it'd be big. Whereas Hinden is like, oh, he's you know just beating another prospect, he's taking another step. So it's it's a to me as and as you said for Hinden, it's absolutely huge. He beats Paul Hughes, he beats the guy who you know the guy who just fought for the title, or maybe the new champion just beat, uh, depending on what happens on on uh, Friday and Saturday here. So. This is an absolute huge fight with a with a lot of meaning and you know i would i would personally have liked this to be the main event but i'm i'm uh <laughs> i'm maybe a little bit biased towards the the irish guys there um, I, I i think you yeah. could put this as a main event i don't think
0: there would have been uh, any complaints at all look you know it, it speaks volumes about paul hughes's character uh that he wants to test himself against the next up and coming prospect and the same for james Hendon as well you know no one's forcing these guys to take such risky fights at this stage in their career so credit to both young men and I, I can't wait to call it
1: yeah 100 um another fight as well which uh was I believe it was announced in SevereMate.com, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Decky McElhane versus Kieran Lister. Obviously, Kieran Lister fought uh, uh, Joe McCulligan in his last fight and came up short in that one. But watching him before that fight, you can see how good of a fighter he is. You know, a really, really talented guy, especially uh, standing up. And I think Decky has shown in his last few fights that he has improved an awful lot in all areas. And there's one thing when Decky McElhane fights, you know it's going to be exciting. And you could say the same about Lister. You know, two guys, Decky has 10 fights, Lister has nine fights are very evenly matched as well both with seven wins this this fight I've, i feel like you know in the past maybe we would have said if it gets to the ground Deki would have a great chance because his jujitsu is so good and maybe kieran would have an advantage on the floor but i think i think it's all around this is just going to be a good fight wherever it goes do, do you uh, agree yeah
0: absolutely you know but both, both these guys are you know they're still at that stage of their careers where they, they're relatively young men they're improving all the time and we've seen those improvements every time out Look, Kieran came up short last time against Joe McColgan. Like, yeah. everyone rates Joe. Everyone knows what Joe's all about. There's no shame in losing to Joe McColgan whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're going to go and stand there and strike with him, right? So it's going to be a roll of the dice against that guy because uh, you know he's he's such uh, a clean technician and and hits with incredible power for a guy that weight. So yeah, there's no shame in that for Kieran Lister. But you know, we we've seen in previous performances what he's capable of. And you know it's going to be another uh, another tough test for decky And you know if he can come through as well as he did his last fight, then you know all of a sudden you know he's perhaps putting himself uh, in that conversation for the the 155 pound title.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and the rest of this card in it's just ram packed with with prospects coming through. Ben Ellis at three and two against and at, at, or sorry at three and zero oh, sorry against Manny at two and zero. Oh. Both the Figlak brothers as well are on this card who would you pick out or who could you tell us, uh, what could you tell us about some of those prospects coming through to get us excited for this one because there's a lot of good lads on this card isn't there oh
0: man yeah i mean look you know the figlack brothers are on a, a bit of a tear at the moment obviously both coming off big wins at the last trilogy and they're both going to be looking for uh big wins here you know there was a a shout that maybe uh matt figlack should have been in the welterweight tournament right because he's, yeah. oh, he's obviously got, got a win um over over one of the uh one of the semi-finalists in that so you know a win here for him could you know potentially mean look if someone wins in the tournament and gets injured uh before june then he maybe steps in so there's uh, there's a bit of drama there uh ben ellis the the kid they call the welsh khabib yeah. we saw him put a very entertaining uh contest on last time you know he's he's obviously great in the cage uh he's got a lot of personality with it Manny Akpan, uh, an absolute joy to watch. I've been calling his fights on the regional scene for years, uh, fighting out of SPG Manchester. Uh, he's had two very tough pro- fights yeah. since turning professional against two quality opponents, and he's come through both of them with flying colours. So, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to, to everything. And, of course, the main card as well, Christian Leroy Duncan, mm-hmm. undefeated uh, against Will Curry, also undefeated. Uh, Curry's 5-0, and o, and I believe 4-0 is an amateur. Christian, not as experienced as a professional, but he's got about 15,000 amateur fights. (laughs) Um, You know, been competing for a very long time, multiple-time IMF competitor, um, and he's looked sensational since turning pro. Uh, Will Curry, a very, very one-sided performance last time out. So... To, again you know we talk about prospects fighting each other i think we're seeing a lot more of it at, at these trilogies because obviously you know guys maybe don't have the opportunities to to get a few wins on the regional circuit etc so mm-hmm. uh we're in for a treat here i think
1: yeah i think it's maybe a little bit of necessity as well i know uh i know indian loads putting on uh these these sort of fights but as well like i'm sure it's tough to get lads matched it's tough to get uh, fighters you know who have trained and are, are willing to uh, to fight on these cards as well, just because of COVID and everything like that. But I'm really looking forward to all these. This is the sort of card you look back at maybe in 18 months and say, oh, this guy was on that card and he fought this guy. And, you know, they're, they're very good records in 18 months' time. But, um yeah, some uh, that, especially uh, Matt Fidlack against Josh Plant. I know Josh Plant is only two and three, but I have a very soft spot for him. He's uh I think he's a really good fighter and uh, always always brings fun. So looking forward uh to the first Cage Warriors card. Right, let's uh, let's move on to the Friday night uh, Cage Warriors one two one card. And this, to me, is uh, an absolute banger of a card. Um, in the main event, uh, Aggie Sagdari is back to fight Donovan Desme, Jack Cartwright is fighting Sylvester Miller, ex-Cage Warriors middleweight champion. James Webb is fighting Matthew Bonner. Uh, ireland's biggest prospects uh, you could argue ian gary is fighting Rasta MacMan, coming off of a couple of fights in the ufc uh, jack grant versus matter flaminas the the second leg of the semi-final if i'm not mistaken as well just those fights before we get into anything else god almighty that's some top what four or five fights there isn't it to to, to whet your appetite here in a, a fun fight friday i believe is that what we're calling it again it's fun fight friday yeah that's the one
0: <laughs> man i mean look as as you know cage warriors main cards go that's it's going to be up there right it's going to mm-hmm. be up there with one of the strongest in uh in the past five ten years uh yeah just so much to say about every single one man let's uh let's get into it
1: right so the main event i think obviously donovan Desmond has come in here on uh, on short notice uh unfortunately i've many been there, I was supposed to fight uh, Sardari which to me would have been an absolute banger but this is a good one as well like you look at Sardari I remember we talked about him the last time and I went and watched his fights and he was like uh, it was one of those ones where you look at the, a guy and you see him in like this this karate outfit and having all these karate fights on YouTube and then you go right I watch a couple of these MMA fights now and he goes out and takes a guy down and destroys him on the ground I'm like oh god oh, where do you beat this guy he's just unbelievable but Desmay if he can keep that standing I think and and you know he can throw hands, he can he can beat anyone. But I I, I think Sardari is one of these lads who he I I feel like you won't be calling these fights for too long. I feel like he's gonna beat lots of guys and and get to the UFC and do damage because he's such a talented guy. But this one this could be really fun, couldn't
0: it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we talked about Sardari last time. He kind of came up through the um you know the, the the sort of the Dutch regional scene and has that striking background. Competed over in Japan and. Kind of just flew under the radar. It's one of those ones that Ian Dean just kind of, you know, just plucks out of nowhere, yeah. uh, you know, in relative terms. Um, but his performance against Jack Cartwright, and I know that was a, you know, a closely contested contest, but, you know, that was a real war. Um, you know, seeing those two guys afterwards, you know, that's one of those fights that's going to stay with both of them for a long time, I think. Um, and it showed the championship caliber of Sadari, and it showed that he more than deserves to wear that Cage Warriors title donovan uh you know he's, he's had a couple of wins and cage warriors a couple of losses and he's obviously been out for a while you know there was um he was he was supposed to be matched with paddy Pimlet on i think yeah. two or three occasions uh they seem to be best buddies now though on social media so, oh, really? uh, Jesus, yeah I, I know that's a, that's a shame because there was a bit of needle i think back yeah. in the day um but they seem to be good buddies now so uh yeah who knows but um you know, Donovan's obviously very well-liked by the Cage Warriors fans. Uh, his, his fights are always very exciting. You look back at the fight with Hubert Heaven, which um, it won the craziest one-round fights in Cage Warriors history and was unfortunately stopped between the first and second rounds due to a cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go watch that fight back, you'll see exactly what Donovan Desme is all about. He's going to more than happily stand in front of Maggie Sidari and, and throw hands. And I think, like you say, if he can do that, if he can uh, push the pace he's got uh, a good chance of putting Sadari out and, you know we know how tough Sardari is though yeah. and if uh, Sardari can keep his range get those kicks going could be a long night for Donovan um, I think we're going to see another uh, stand up war here
1: yeah 100% Jack Grant was in his last fight against Sardari that was you know, an, e- an epic fight and uh, yeah I uh, I expect this to um, I don't know I think Sardari will win it. We'll, we'll do it a little bit easier this time nothing against Donovan or anything and if he can get into his world as we both said he definitely can have his way but uh, I'm a big fan of Sardari I just think he's one of those guys who will improve and improve and improve being in cage wires and being matched against guys like this and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing it and in the comment event then uh, the Bantamweight title is up for grabs as Jack Cartwright takes on Sylvester Miller. Now, I had Sean Dini on the podcast last night, obviously the Polish MMA expert, and he said, are we going to talk about Sylvester Miller? And I was like, oh, why do you want to talk about Sylvester Miller? And he, Sean was glowing about him. He said he's a really good uh, wrestler, a good guy on the ground. Well, maybe not a uh, really good wrestler, but a really good jiu-jitsu guy. And I went and I watched a couple of his fights uh, this morning, just before we recorded this. And he's right. You know, Some good arm bars. I saw a couple of his fights. Actually, there there isn't that much tape on him, but I was watching a couple of them on youtube and he's he is one of those guys he's just so sneaky on the ground and if you take him down you better be very careful and you better be very willing uh (laughs) you know to to uh maybe not uh, exchange with him but if you bring him down he will make you exchange with him on the ground (laughs) because there's no way of avoiding it he is one of those lads who just goes for everything and takes every opportunity that comes near him but obviously jack cartwright you know, he's up there. Is he the best f- fighter in Cage Warriors at the moment? I think it'll be hard to argue against that. He's an absolutely fantastic fighter. You know, he's came out and dropped guys and knocked them out in seconds, and in in the fight after that, he takes guys down for fucking fun. So, <laughs> Jack Cartwright seems to have it all, but this isn't, you know, this is by no means a walkover for Jack Cartwright either, and this is another solid test for him, uh, isn't it, at 9-0 and now, and, uh, you know, uh, looking at the UFC, I'm sure, over the next year or so. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, I mean, who who's to say if situation wasn't a bit more normal on the mma scene jack cartwright may not even still be with cage warriors now yeah you know he may have been snapped up by the ufc already um yeah it's, it's a very interesting uh, matchup here you know you look back at the manuel billick uh, fight and you know he was too looking for submissions off his back you know sneaky arm bars sneaky triangles being thrown up so cartwright's kind of got experience against this kind of guy but the thing about jack is you just don't know how he's going to approach it you know we saw against uh, scott malone and marco Kovacevic, he was more than happy to just stand and bang and, you know, put guys out. But he's also more than happy to play that takedown game. You know, you talk to the people who train with him and they say his wrestling is more... um, you know, more, more of a, a, a lethal skill set for him than his striking. And when you look at the kind of power he's got and the kind of knockouts he's got in his record, that's a that's a kind of uh, a terrifying little Crazy, bit of fact <laughs> about Jack Cartwright. Uh, but look, Miller is not here to make up the numbers. And you know, more often than uh no, say more often than not, but very often we, we see situations like this where you know, I think the bookmakers are going to be pretty confident in Jack Cartwright being the favourite here, and probably a lot of the Cage Warriors fans are going to be pretty confident Jack Cartwright being the, the favourite here. That's a lot of pressure for a young man. I don't think Jack Cartwright necessarily uh, you know, has human emotions or feels pressure or things like that. But by by the same note, the weight of expectation is on him. Uh, so, Esther Miller he's primed to cause an upset and if he was to get the win here or you know even just drag cartwright into a torrid five-round war well all of a sudden you know that reorders the bantamweight division so Mm -hmm. big opportunity for miller here
1: yeah hundred percent. i like i remember talking to you about uh about the last trilogy and uh the gerardo fanny fight obviously against jack Cartwright. and he's another guy that ian dean kind of plucked from like you know obscurity is the wrong word but everyone probably knows what i mean um and jack Cartwright made easy work of him when i don't think anyone who went back and watched uh, fanny and <laughs> still weird saying and uh, no, thought he was uh thought he was going to be easy work. a really good fighter and i think the same with miller and if jack Cartwright makes easy work of this again oh, there's there's no stopping him he's just uh, a really really top fighter isn't he
0: yeah, you know, if if Cartwright goes and does the business here, um, you know, what what more can you say about him? I I think at that stage you're saying well look does he move up to 145 pounds now and you know if if he does end up staying with Cage Warriors for a while, you know, that might be the thing that has to happen um, you know, to to get this guy uh, you know, a good challenge. I'd like, um, I'd like know, to see him
1: fight uh, Jack Hadley. Hadley. Yeah, Sorry. that's
0: that as well, you know. Uh, so but but who knows, you know, who knows what the situation is going to be uh, come June uh and, and you know like you say if jack caltwright uh, can go out there and put on uh, a- another performance like we've seen from him over the past couple of years who's to say the ufc won't come knocking at any point
1: absolutely um then we have uh, james webb versus matthew bonner in two i suppose veterans of cage warriors now uh, at this stage matthew bonner had that great win over matt inman uh, at the turn of the year and uh, you know james webb since he lost to the, his title and, uh, and he, uh, he drew the first fight and lost the second fight with Natalya Frederick has come back really well beating Mick Stanton and, and uh, Craig White the Vimto God uh, <laughs> uh, towards the, the turn of the year as well uh, so that's a, a really good fight and then um, the the welterweight tournament this welterweight tour- like I, I feel like sometimes and some promotions overdo the tournaments and there's too much of it and some tourna- some places underdo it I feel like not, not to fucking Bow to you now here that, that you're here in front of me, but cage wires, I feel like they do it right. When there is tournaments, they, like, I'm always looking at divisions in the UFC and saying, like, there's four obvious guys there, there's eight obvious guys there, or whatever. Put them in a tournament, let's see who's the best. Now, may- maybe not, not obvious in cage wires, because a lot of people going in and out of cage wires, and it's very tough for someone like yeah, Ian Dean to make all of these guys when it's moving so long. But when you have a belt uh, up for grabs... You have someone like Ian Garry, you have you know, someone like Flaminas, you have someone like Grant who just after signing uh, Ackman, you have four guys there, put them all together and let's see who's the best out of them. I'm really looking forward to this and I like the fact that, you know, what were you saying, was it June they're planning on having this over so we have it all said and done in what, three or four months. This is exciting and I'm, I'm really looking forward to these uh, these two and then the third fight as well after it happening uh, in the summer. It's going to be fun isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, you know, when I started watching MMA, it was it was pretty much all tournaments. So that's the kind of MMA that uh, you know got me into the sport, and that's the kind of MMA I love. Um, and look, you know, it makes my job a lot easier because you know the more narrative, the more storylines that develop. You know, the more I've got to talk about, and you know that's what people like, right? They like getting behind the fighter and following the journey. So, you know, I'm sure Ross the Matman has got fans who are going to be following him, you know, they, and they want to see this guy get back on the onto winning ways and then win the Cage Warriors tournament and then get back to the UFC. And, you know, Ian Garry's fans want to see him remain undefeated and, you know, get the Cage Warriors welterweight belt and then move up and fight for the middleweight belt. And, you know, it's these kind of stories that make it great. You know, how good would it be for, uh, for Jack Grant to get his redemption? You know, he came up short uh, on a couple of opportunities at lightweight, uh, I mean, God knows what Jack Grant's going to look like at Welterweight. Absolutely terrifying, right? Mm. Um, for him to come back and, and then capture the goal at Welterweight, it's great. And I think, you know, the, the division's in a situation where, obviously, Mason Jones moved up, won the belt, went straight to the UFC. Um, and, I, and I think with Adam Proctor, um, you know, I, I think he's taken a bit of time away from the sport at the moment to see what he wants to do. Uh, the division kind of needs reordering. And what better way to do it than get four... Uh, four solid guys, put them in the tournament and see who the last man standing is
1: yeah absolutely and I suppose we have to we have to uh Oh, I don't know what the word is. Concentrate, I suppose. A second f- on Ian Gary versus, versus uh, Rasta MacMan. Obviously, with being Irish, in May podcast, as, as I mentioned, and all. W- watching some of Rasta MacMan's fights back again last night. You know, I saw. I don't like to say it, but people remember him as the big hairy lad from the UFC <laughs> J- matches and stuff. And that that's the second I saw. Him, I'm like, ah, oh, yes, that's who he is. Uh, but he, to me. Do you know what he is? I, I was I looked up his name on Fight Pass, and I saw the the two UFC fights. But then I saw a pile of IMAF fights. And do you know what he does? He reminds me of a little bit of a kind of an amateur boxer. Very smart, pixie shots, very well, very accurate. Now in MMA and in professional MMA, that sometimes can play against you. But if you're smart enough and if you're someone like, if you're fighting against someone like Ian Gary, you're probably better off being smart and better off being a little bit defensive. So this is a tricky test. And I think, without a shadow of a doubt, the toughest test of, of Ian Gary's uh, career. This is a great move by Cage Warriors, I think. And it's, it's a good test for Gary, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if, if Ian Gary's recent performances have taught us anything, it's that if you are not careful against him... If you uh, make the mistake or if you take the risk, you are going to be punished for it, and you know it doesn't end well Uh, for guys. You know we've we've seen that in his last couple of fights. Um, You you know last time out, uh, and particularly for me against George Smith, who I I, you know rate a lot uh, as a young fighter, Um, for Ian to stop him the way that he did just speaks. Volumes about the potential that Ian Gary's got, and look, this is the kind of fight he needs. He needs to be fighting these UFC level guys. Obviously, you know, Rostam, uh, his running the UFC wasn't a particularly successful one, mm-hmm. uh, and he's looking to bounce back through this tournament. But you know, if he, he, you know, Ian's obviously got a huge amount of confidence in himself. His team obviously back him as well, and they're talking about the roadmap to be in the UFC in you know X amount of time and in X number of fights. So. Ian has to be able to beat guys like Ross the Matman and he's gonna get the opportunity to do it in this tournament.
1: Yeah, and the my f- favourite thing about this as well, freeing Gary is and I've been talking about this for lots of not just Ian Gary, but for even like the likes of Tom Aspinall going to the UFC and uh, and others as well. Like, take your time, take take these sort of the fights, have that roadmap and you know, freeing Gary now he, after his last fight he he went over to um uh, to Graham by and said I need that title that title is mine and I was like well oh, that was me that was, was me, it? Oh, was you? Was me. It? yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so um
0: <laughs> he 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 told me during the week that uh he wanted to jump over the cage and uh, and sit down next to me and uh, have a little chat on the mics <laughs> but I uh, I obviously uh, never get I had a <laughs> little chat with him about you know social distancing yeah. and, and this that and the other don't be that guy so he said he said right and you know this this is like the terrifying thing about Ian Gary right he's mm. he said right this is how i'm going to win the fight this is when i'm going to win it and this yeah, is how he I'm going win does it. that to it. and like. he actually did it he <laughs> yeah. did exactly what he said he was going to do and then he said when i've done that i'm going to come over and i'm going to uh, talk to you about um me getting my hands on this belt and he did it do you know what i mean like yeah. he he says it he backs it up um obviously you know i i'm going to call every fight that i ever call completely impartially and i I'm, I'm happy for anyone to to you know go through my back catalogue and point out a time where I've been biased towards someone. I just don't do it. But go ahead, I like in. Ian Gary, man. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Ian Gary the person. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Ian Gary the fighter. Um, look, Ross the Matman is going to have a task on his hands, but Absolutely. so is Ian. This is Ian's toughest fight yet. Yeah. Uh, and, and look. There aren't that many opportunities for these guys who go to the UFC and then get cut to go back. You know, we don't see it very often. Mm-hmm. You know, look at guys like Nicholas Dalby for example for example. You you probably struggle now off the top of your head to think of too many more who've done it, especially at the European level. Mm-hmm. So this is potentially last chance to for roster matman and that could make him a dangerous man
1: yeah and the, th- the thing about coming to cage as well is you, you you'll be you'll prove something you know you need to prove that you are and, and for ackman especially in two fights he could prove that he is the best uh, welterweight in Europe at this level and then he's going where, where else you go you only go back to the UFC or maybe you defend your title a couple of times and then go back to the UFC so it's a great opportunity or you know he could prove that he's the stepping stone freeing Gary and you know we, we obviously we talked a lot about uh, Ackman but Gary like I, 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 just kind of you know he said it to you that he he predicted what he was going to do every time we finish doing an interview he's like after the interview he's like right here's what's going to happen <laughs> and in a you know it, it tends to happen then after that but uh, yeah look he's he's ground game I think has improved an awful lot over the last while I think he's just a hitter on the defeat feed he's an unbelievable athlete uh, so I'm look I'm really really looking forward to uh, to seeing Ian fight and we might even be talking to him later on in the week as well so I'm looking forward to to doing that as well come here but the last thing on. on this card i know there's some good guys josh reed never a boring josh reed fight can't wait for that open elliott is back here what's the story with open i know he had uh that was it a brain injury or something like that earlier on a couple of years uh, about a year ago but now he's back what how did he get cleared and how was he uh how is he back fighting here uh
0: no it, it wasn't um it wasn't a brain issue it was uh and I, I, i'm almost certain he's talked about it publicly i don't, I don't want to talk about someone else's. Uh, You know, health conditions and whatnot. But um, I know he's he's talked about it publicly. Mm -hmm. Um, He had, uh, you know, there were some issues in the camp for his last fight. He wasn't feeling great. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, these things happen. Not not everyone feels great in every camp. Um, But following the fight, um, he was uh, he was a bit poorly, and he went and had some tests, and they potentially identified uh, a medical condition, um, which had it been, uh, you know. the, the worst possible news would have meant that he would not have been able to to compete okay. uh so he spent a lot of time uh you know going through various uh you know medical testing mm-hmm. um and he has been completely cleared you know he's he's he obviously cleared through safe mma plus uh he's cleared through all the doctors that he's, he's seen for this condition um and yeah he's uh, he's back and invigorated i don't think the cut to lightweight was doing him all the favours in the world he's uh, he's not the tallest of welterweights but you know he's a he's a chunky guy he's a heavy set guy mm-hmm. um so i th- i think welterweight is probably you know for uh you know, health reasons probably going to be a lot better for him. He's going to be uh, a lot more athletic, not going to be putting his body through a load uh, of grief to get down to that lightweight limit. And that's what we want to see, right? We want to see guys fighting nearer to to natural weight. But yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of getting cleared and everything, obviously he's he's spent a lot of time focusing on on just that and he would not be competing uh, if he wasn't, you know, 100% fit and ready to go. And uh, a great fight for him as well. He's, he's, He's fighting Mark Kinsella um he was originally scheduled to fight uh george smith but uh, i believe george was injured uh and ian dean's pulled one out of the bag as well and got mark Kinsella in uh on short notice mark's a guy that i've known for a long time he was undefeated as an amateur um and he's had some good fights at pro as well Mm -hmm. uh similar sort of amount of experience to oban so they've both gone into their fifth pro fight um and me mark uh is very very strong uh in areas that Oban's not strong in and vice versa so it should be uh, an interesting one
1: yeah big fan of Oban I think he's he's a really good fighter I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing him back again I'm glad that uh, he was able to get healthy as well because it was worrying at that time when he kind of announced uh, the tournament but it's great that he's able to get back and able to get cleared and everything like that so
0: it really is the, the last hmm. thing you want to see especially when the kid's got so much potential and, and he's yeah. such a nice kid the last thing to see is um it being taken out of their hands hmm. and, you know, it's uh, it's scary times. I've, um, you know, I, I had a, a heart attack a few years ago myself, and, you know, it, it, it can really mess your head up. So I think it speaks to, uh, you know, the fortitude of Oban that, you know, he's, he's potentially uncovered a heart condition there, and, you know, he's had the mental strength, the mental fortitude to fight through it, uh, to get cleared, get fit, and I think we're going to see the best Oban Elliott uh, thus far when uh, when he fights this weekend.
1: Very good. Can't, can't wait for that. Uh, then the Saturday night, obviously, the... Arguably, the two biggest fights of the night uh, go down in the, in the main event in the co-main event with Morgan Sharia versus Jordan Vucinic and uh, Paddy Pimblett versus David Martinez. But but bef- before we get to that, there's some bangers on the undercard as well. Nathan Fletcher against uh, Michelle Martignoni. Darno Gorman, obviously from Ireland, has taken on Nicholas LeBlanc. Uh, John Ndai is back. I know we spoke a lot about him in the, the last time when he came back, but he's back again and it'll be good to see him. Uh, Brian Bouland Liam Griffiths, Aidan Steve even as well who fought paul hughes a couple of fights ago uh, is back what from the undercard stands out for you there but that people tuning in on uh, on saturday night you'll be watching out for
0: well i mean it's another one of those I, I could probably sit here and just go through all four you know all four of the prelims and mm-hmm. and the main card too but uh, i think if you're going to make me pick one um i'm not going to pick one i'm going to pick two oh, i'm going to say corin <laughs> eaton Sean and Dye. Uh, look, uh, Corrin Eaton is an all-action fighter you'll have seen him on cage warriors before and on the uk regional circuit uh loves to scrap loves to throw down and he's always in like fight of the night contenders john and doy very similar um you know you look back to uh to his fights you know this this was a guy that you know when, when conor mcgregor was on his tear through cage warriors people were like oh mcgregor versus and doy is the fight to make and you know, obviously, for various reasons, it, it, it never happened, and Jean ended up taking kind of an extended break from the sport. Um, came back against a very tough opponent last time out, and uh, you know a, a top prospect, and you know went the distance with him. So uh, nice to see him, you know, in his happy place again, and, and great to see him back in Cage Warriors, where, where he's done some of his best work for my money. And then, of course, you got Micheli um who put on a phenomenal performance really against Wesley does, Meyer yeah. last time. Yeah. I think he surprised a lot of people. Um, and he's taking on Nathan Fletcher, who just looks a little bit better every time we see him. Um, You know, I I know there's a lot of uh, chatter around Nathan Fletcher on the domestic scene in the UK uh, about how far this kid can go, and, and, you know, people are predicting, uh, you know, he's going to go to the stratosphere. Uh, So, yeah, we've talked about it a couple of times today already. Uh, Two prospects going up against each other, both uh, undefeated, so both putting it all on the line. I think that's going to be... Uh, an absolute banger and of course on the main card you've got liam gettins versus brian brulon neither of those guys have ever been in a Boring fight um, Just a four fight main card, but um, I think when you've got those four fights Tobias a debuting as well This guy has been putting people out aiden steven looked fantastic last time uh, That's there's, there's a lot. to there's a lot to love in those four
1: fights. Yeah, absolutely and then the the top two fights at night I, I, I was talking to a few people right and Uh, about a paddy Pimblet specifically and a couple of people were kind of saying and me included like when that that lightweight title fight kind of fell out they're like oh why wasn't paddy Pimblet put in there and then everyone else was kind of saying "Mm, this is a tough matchup too martinez is no joke he's a very good wrestler especially if he gets on top top of you and can hit you and like paddy on the feet hasn't maybe set the world uh, uh, alight recently but i know he's last year at some stage he was training uh, in a Mai Tai gym in Leeds maybe you'll be able to tell us more about that but I was talking to a couple of people about that and they said if he's training there Paddy you could expect the improvements to come and Paddy strike him but it's this is a huge fight isn't it for Paddy because he hasn't been fighting that much reason he came back and he fought Decky Dalton and fair play to Decky came in on short notice and took it and Paddy was able to win that fight and he did a great job um Paddy was talking. He's been talking on Twitter, and he's been talking about is win this fight, go to the UFC, and that's big pressure. Uh, and it's a big, it's a tough fight for Paddy. But it's good to see him back, isn't it? I'm I'm looking forward to it. But it's uh, this is an exciting fight, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think you know, you know, in t- talking about the um, the stand up side of things, I think that's something that we we have seen. Um, you know, in in the sort of the brief moments that we have seen Paddy in yeah. there in recent years, uh, there have been improvements. What you've got to remember as well is you know those those last uh those last few fights in Cage Warriors b- before the uh, the Dalton fight he was dealing with um you know a pretty serious recurring hand injury and it, it's something that's kind of you know plagued his career for a couple of years now i understand that you know he's fully fit um so i won't be surprised if we see paddy you know let the hands go a little bit and you know get get some of that Muay Thai to work but look if he ends up on his back, which as well he might against Martinez, uh, we know Paddy's great off his back as well. We know it's tough to press Paddy against the cage because he'll jump for flying triangles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, it, it, he's he's very dangerous in a lot of the positions that you would think Martinez might want to put him in. So yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be a very interesting battle of styles here. And look, um, you know, Martinez is, is uh, in a fairly similar position in that he has also not been able to fight um for i mean near, nearly two years now right we're eight, 18 months two years he's been out of the cage uh, obviously he was originally supposed to fight paddy uh this time last year pretty much a year ago uh to the day that this fight was originally booked but of course with the uk closing down um that week in terms of uh well it, it was more a case of uh of europe i believe but he wouldn't have been able to fly back oh, yeah. um so that that's when obviously all these cards got uh, got changed around, and that's what led to Decky Dalton being brought in mm-hmm. uh to fight to fight Paddy a year ago so yeah, for me this is like this is a really fair fight right you know two guys who've been out for um you know a, a bit of time for various reasons um both coming back with a lot to play for look if martinez can uh can get the win over Paddy here, he steals all that thunder he puts himself right in the cage warriors uh title contention, and you know all the hype surrounding paddy is is suddenly. Uh, you know, on, on his side of proceedings uh, and Paddy's in that position, like you say, you know, but he's, he's been knocking on the UFC's door for a while now. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to think that he's in the position where every fight now is a must win fight. You know, yeah. if he gets, if he gets knocked out or submitted here, um, that, that, that's going to be a, a big blow to his UFC aspirations. So he's got to win. He's got to do so impressively. You now, whether, whether, Paddy uh, hangs around and, you know, if he gets a win, whether he goes on to fight for the title, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, you know, plans are in terms of, you know, his management and what his aspirations are. Of course, I'd love to see Paddy stick around in cage warriors because i love calling the guys fights but also you know as, as a fan someone who's done it for a long time i'd love to see him realize that dream to get to the ufc i, I certainly think he could do it mm-hmm. and i think he can be competitive there
1: yeah and i think like the thing about paddy is as well and it's it's uh, as a man united fan i know this he's he's everyone's fa cup final kind of you know if you're fighting paddy Pimlet, that's a big fight and as you said there you can get all the paddy Pimlet's line mate. like look at julian rosa even now in the ufc people are still talking about the paddy Pimlet fight and he didn't even win it um on the judges' scorecards, anyway. don't
0: Nad Naramani beat yeah. him. Yeah, He's in the UFC. Um
1: saw him back beat if, him. He if, got a, if, a big contract, didn't he? Uh, yeah, Bellator in, and, in
0: Pelotor. Even, yeah. you know, going by Cameron Els in the UFC. So, mm. you know, Paddy's only losing to... Uh, you know, elite level guys Absolutely, and yeah. you know, he's got some, uh, he's got some amazing wins on his record as well. You know, Dekki Dalton, uh, absolute stud, uh, That's Alex Savidis, uh, we you know that crazy triangle, the Julian Erosa fight, Johnny Frazier, Teddy Viola, Ash Grimshaw, Miguel Harrow, Kevin Petschy, mm-hmm. Stephen Martin. These are all solid, solid guys he's built up an incredible resume mm-hmm. and obviously we know he's got the charisma and the star quality you know the the outside of the cage factors that make a star a hell of a lot of upside he's still a young man um I hope he can uh you know stay fit stay healthy uh, I'm very much looking to see uh how he approaches this fight against David.
1: And he once said that he thought I was on drugs so <laughs> it's, even, <laughs> it's even better it's even better so, like uh, MMA is better with Paddy Pimblet in it. You know, he's one of those guys that it's a... Okay, there's always a bit of drama and stuff, but it's always a bit of crack too, and it's always fun. And even the walkout and stuff as well. I remember I was, I was sitting down uh, the other day and Patrick drove in his car and he had a song on I was like, what's that song? He was like, oh, that's Paddy Pimblad's walkout. I was like, yeah, you know, so that, he's, he's... he's It's not just in the cage of Paddy, as you mentioned. It's outside of the cage. And I'm really looking forward to to seeing him coming back this week. But the the main event then of, of the main... Uh, the main card of the weekend, Morgan Sharia versus Jordan Vucinic. Oh, this, is a, this is a banger of a fight. Like For Sharia, I remember watching him maybe three or four fights ago. And obviously, he had all this hype because of the whole French YouTube thing and all. And I'm like, right, he's a good fighter, but I'm not sure he deserves all the hype kind of he's getting. And in his last, especially his last two to three fights, I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I, I was wrong on that one, especially his last fight. I thought he was unbelievable, like, he's such a good athlete, he's, you know, the fast twitch muscle, his takedown defense, I think, has improved, and now he's a guy who's a 16-7-1 record, and you could look at that record and say, okay, maybe it's not the the strongest record in the world for a guy coming through at Cage Warriors who's, you know, maybe planning to go to the UFC over the next while, although I, I think he signed a new contract with Cage Warriors, if I'm not mistaken, so he might be around for another while. Yeah, that's but, right. But um, he has improved. He's one of those guys like that. I, I Maybe maybe it's because of the money, maybe it's because of, you know... Um, that uh, was he on some sort of show where he was training and stuff maybe it's because of that he's improved and maybe it's because he's been able to afford to pay a nutritionist and get a new whatever way it is but he is a guy who to me before we get to Vucinic, he's he is a better fighter now than he has been in the, in the last couple of years isn't he
0: yeah absolutely um, you know he seems to be improving in leaps and bounds and look Morgan's one of those guys who uh, suffered like a lot of French guys suffered in that uh, there's no home shows for these guys. They Mm -hmm. basically had to go wherever and fight whoever. And that means that, you know, they didn't get brought along in their careers as, as prospects in other parts of the world do. They didn't get the tune up fights. They didn't get the gradual leaps in competition. They had to go and take the fights that were offered to them. Um, So you've got a lot of French guys. If you look at the, uh, the guys on the French scene of, of the past 10 years, You see loads of guys who are actually really good fighters, but their record's like 11 and Mm 9. Just because those nine guys that they fought were all really, really good. Um, You know, you you could have very easily had, uh, you know, a a few 20 and 1 or 20 and 2 guys out there in France had they been given the right fights at the right time. So Morgan never really had that. And he's kind of getting that now in Cage Warriors, right? You know, he he came in and fought uh, a Soren Back, very high-level guy, uh, close fight against Soren Back, and he seems to be picking up uh, towards the end of it. Uh, and as you say, he's looked uh, better every time we've seen him since. Obviously, he's um, got that huge body of support behind him. Uh, and I'm sure, um, you know, being kind of like a YouTube star and, and everything else, that's probably affording him the resources to uh, to dedicate himself full time uh, to this at the moment. Uh, and look, you know, so we talked about it with Paddy as well. You know, Morgan's probably not in a position where, you know, if he starts getting knocked out left, right, and center, yeah, it's going to be taking him a long way away from the UFC. And especially if he's got these, you know, other ways to make a living that maybe a lot of fighters don't have, you know, does he stick with it? So this this run to the UFC um, is huge for Morgan Charrier. Obviously, as you say, he's signed to stay with Cage Warriors for, uh, I think it was a three-fight contract that yeah. he signed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he wants that, Paris fight, right? You know he he wants to be the main event of the first Cage Warriors show uh, in Paris, and how huge would that be? You know, you talk about the star-making moments like um, you know, like McGregor at the Helix, uh, and you talk about Paddy at the um, uh, the Echo Arena in Liverpool. Well, you know, Morgan Charrier headlining a Cage Warriors show in Paris. You know, whether that's as the defending champion or you know, if if uh, if he doesn't get past Jordan Vucenic uh, this weekend, it, it might be a case of they do the rematch in France. Yeah, uh, That's going to be a huge moment for Cage Warriors, for Morgan Charrier, for French MMA. I'm
1: sure Greg Bilen like as well, because I, I'd say he'd sell a lot of tickets over there. we see seen what YouTube stars oh, have boy, been doing. Yeah. God bless. So, uh, yeah, but we can not count out Vujinic because look, I think a lot of people counted him out against Paul Hughes, and look what happened there. You know, he won that fight fair and square. Um, and uh, I think he took a leap up gone into that fight, because of maybe the opponent, you know, some people do that, they rise to the occasion, and that causes them to rise their, you know, their training, their, their ability, when you're this young in your career, he was only, what, seven fights going into that fight, eight fights going into this one, this is going to make him rise again, and like, I think, like, if, if you're looking at him right now, where they are, I think Sharia has maybe had those early fights, where, you know, he's struggling, he's made improvements, and now he's like, Getting towards what his prime would be, not saying you know he's he mightn't have another five years at his prime or whatever else it might be, and get you know the few more fights in the in cage wars, and then get to the UFC, and then you know have a, uh, another end of his career after that or whatever. But to me, Vucinic looks like he is he's still on the rise, but that rise kind of is coming quicker than maybe um, maybe it looked like before his last fight, and if he can do yeah. that again, this like. I think he showed in that fight that he can fight someone who's really athletic in Paul Hughes you say what you want about Paul Hughes he's really athletic hits hard and is really fast as well like Sharia so it's a good preparation fight I think for Sharia and he can deal with that he's very very accurate I think he's good all around good wrestling good against the cage as well and he can maybe not not get drawn into Sharia's game where Sharia is able to kind of kick him in the body and is, is able to stop him kind of circling out if he can get out if he can circle the right way and keep out from Sharia and pick him off a little bit I think he's a good chance. I'm picking Sharia to win the fight, but this this is by no means an easy fight for Morgan Sharia, is it?
0: No, you know, look, we we talked about it with a couple of the guys earlier on about the the trajectory, yeah. if I uh, get my teeth in properly, the trajectory of uh, Jordan Vucci. Good job on that talk for a live, isn't it?
1: Um <laughs> no, I not,
0: I'm not <laughs> had fucking pain. <laughs> um, you know that that rise for some guys is um you know, a little bit steeper than those. I think that's exactly what we've seen, as you say, with Jordan. You know, he just, he rises to the occasion and he he looks better, the better the opponent he's, he's across from. And, um, you know, Morgan Charrier is certainly no step back from Paul Hughes. You know, this is, this is probably Jordan's toughest test to date. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Jordan's probably one of these guys who's maybe benefited from the the current situation. You know, mm. if you look at, uh, you know, some of the opponents that Cage Warriors had lined up for Morgan Sharon that fell through, he was getting very experienced opponents in uh, from outside Max the Cole organization. Like, yeah, yeah. A, a, exactly. Um, so, you know, in, in normal times, Jordan might have had to, you know, have that record at 8, 9, 10 and 0 before he was getting this opportunity. Mm-hmm. But what was an opportunity for him? And, you know, we talked about, uh, the popularity of Morgan and the huge fan base and the whole YouTube thing and the fact that he's a big star and he wants that cage boys fight in Paris. It's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. It's a, a huge weight of expectation. Jordan vucenic has been keeping himself to himself. He's you know done a few interviews here and there, but he's not the guy who's got the hundred thousand Instagram followers, mm. uh, you know, all messaging him every day, you know, putting that pressure on him. I'm not saying that Morgan can't handle that pressure. I'm sure he can, but you know, there's something to be said. You know, you look at you look at Rocky 4 as as a good example. Yeah. You've got Ivan Drago training in the spotlight, <laughs> and all the press and the media are all around him. And then Rocky's on his own, running mm. up the mountains, carrying logs. Right? There's something yeah. to be said for it. Um, look, we know that both kids can fight, so it might come down to you know the mental aspects of, yeah. of it. You know, who who wants it more? Who's least distracted? Yeah, you know, Jordan said something really funny to me at, at the last trilogy um yeah we, we were talking about the fact that again because Paul Hughes you know much yeah. much bigger profile going into that fight mm-hmm. and uh he said look I'm from a town called Corby you, if you're from Corby you're either good at one of two things running away or fighting and I don't own a <laughs> pair of running shoes and that's <laughs> like, like it. exactly right that's that's this kid down to a T. Mm-hmm. um I, I think Jordan Vuchenic is very well aware of the opportunity that's in front of him and I think he would love nothing more to uh, to turn the division upside down and uh, and take the title from Morgan Cherry. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's uh, a bit of a was it Roddy Roddy, Roddy Piper said that. I, I oh mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm either fighting or chewing gum, and I'm all out of gum. That's <laughs> the one. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, speaking of someone, Roddy as well. It's not easy being a rock star, you know. We we saw what. Uh, what happened with Holly Holm and Ronda Rossi and even Poirier and McGregor and stuff like that and, you know, maybe, Char- it's funny to say that maybe about someone on Cage Warriors because the, the joy of Cage Warriors and why it's so brilliant is it, it is the guys rising up and it is the guys who are not maybe multi-millionaires yet apart from maybe Pabby no but, <laughs> you know, but, you know, Charrier is kind of an outlier in that, in that, and I'm not saying, you know, I haven't got his fucking bank details or anything but, like, you, you'd imagine he's uh, a few quid in the bank compared to some of the other lads who are on the rise up very interesting that's maybe not a narrative you usually see in cage warrior so it's a very interesting one and you know vucinic he you know he reminds me a little bit of uh, of Nathaniel wood i remember Nathaniel fighting um on his way up and it was alan philpot he thought wasn't it? i was looking at him i remember saying like this guy is he's really really good but it'll take another while and then it turned out to be very obviously correct i'm brilliant to connor but vucinic <laughs> look, to me looked like one of him as well and it's coming quicker than that even i think so i'm really really looking forward to seeing this and it's a it's a fantastic fight i mean like i i think this trilogy maybe yet doesn't have like the excitement that the last two had maybe just because we're in the middle of the pandemic and it's kind of we're so used to it now but i feel like the later we get in the week and maybe people listening to this as well and with paddy Pimblet, maybe a few interviews coming out or whatever and uh you know we see uh we see the the cage warriors and the, the ufc fight pass um media uh thing getting getting into full storm i think it'll be big uh coming towards the end of the week and i'm i'm really really looking forward to it and uh I can't wait. Brad, I really appreciate you joining me. I know you've some sumo wrestling to uh to go and watch now, so I'll uh, I let you go. I I, I think left to say here before we go. did I miss out on anything on uh on these uh three cards. No, no. I think I think we pretty much got
0: through it. Yeah, one thing probably is worth to mention as well. Um mm-hmm. Jack Cartwright, this will be his third defense of the title. So, if he wins the title, he wins it outright. Oh, so, well, yeah. that means he gets to uh, to keep the belt. Uh you know, I think uh i think chris fishgold is the last person to do that so that's another little uh a little story thread to look for during the week but yeah man look it's um three great nights of fights i'm looking forward to uh heading to the hotel bubble tomorrow and looking forward to calling these fights for everyone
1: beautiful looking forward to finally hearing some good mma commentary for one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bless you. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) All right. Thanks very much, Brad. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you all next time. Good luck.